to a very special episode of Never Found, Never Forgotten. This is our 50th episode. <laughs> 50. Ooh. And so for the occasion, I thought it would only be fitting to bring back the original partner in crime, my sister. The one. The, the only. only. Kayla. <laughs> How are you? I'm good. Glad to be back. Are you? <laughs> yeah. Thanks for letting me crash your podcast every once in a while. <laughs> You're welcome. You're welcome. So we started this thing back in 2019, October of 2019. Okay. Did you think back then that we'd be here celebrating 50 episodes? No. <laughs> I think when you came to me saying you wanted to do a podcast, that it would kind of just be a fun thing that we did a couple times and then never really did again. <laughs> I mean, I kind of did, but <laughs> you're right. I lived up to that goal. Right. You did much better. <laughs> so we've been through a lot. You left me out. Sorry. <laughs> and then the pandemic happened, and. I took a little hiatus because of that, and I was convinced that no one was listening and no one cared. And all it took was one listener reaching out to us. Yes. Um, someone in Australia, was it? Was, yeah, someone not even in this yeah. country. And that encouraged us. And so each week, nearly 200 people are tuning in each week to listen to our podcast. And Gosh, we're me, famous. <laughs> yeah, to me, that's a win. And so 200 people are hearing these stories and these names, and hopefully we're getting some attention to them. And ultimately, that's the goal. Not the number of listens, not the number of plays. It's about trying to bring attention to these cases. When we went into this back in 2019, that was our goal. We wanted to bring attention to cases that we hadn't heard about or that you didn't hear about a ton in the news. There are some cases that get a ton of media attention and then other cases, lots of ones that we covered, that do not get that media attention. But every missing person has loved ones left behind who are left wondering, worrying, and seeking answers. And so the case I have today is a hard one it's really tough because it has kids and it seems like I always bring <laughs> the you on when it's a case involving kids and yeah, yeah. so sorry about that lucky me <laughs> this one is tough because our daughters are about the same ages as these boys um there are three brothers Andrew Skelton age nine Alexander Skelton age seven and Tanner Skelton age five went missing on November 26, 2010, on Thanksgiving Day from Morency, Michigan. Your youngest is seven years old, and my oldest is six. So, really close in age. Yeah. Yeah. Really close. Yeah. It's really sad. And so, the boy's parents uh, were going through a divorce, and it got really messy. It was a really messy custody battle. Tanya, the mom filed for divorce in September of 2010 after John had signed the boys, Alex and Andrew, out of school without telling her. And he allegedly told the school that they were taking a vacation to Florida. However, he also sort of implied that they might not be returning. 
and he might need the school, he might need the boys' school records, implying that he might be enrolling them in school in Florida. So, according to the Charlie Project, Tanya actually had to go to Florida and have the police there force John to return the boys. They threatened him with arrest, and he returned the boys to their mother. Immediately upon returning to Michigan, Tanya filed for divorce. However, she said that the only that she only did that to prevent John from leaving the area with her boys. But she and John were in marriage counseling and hoping to work through all their problems. After the incident, John regularly had visitation with the boys and had no incident. So, John and Tanya had married in 2002, and they had a blended family. John had an adult daughter from a previous relationship, and Tanya had two daughters from a previous marriage. Then they had Alexander, Andrew, and Tanner together. John had worked as a long-haul truck driver, but was fired in 2009 after he was convicted of drunk driving. At the time of the boy's disappearance, he was unemployed. And all, all of these things were probably straining the marriage. I have to assume that the unemployment, the conviction were not easy on right. the marriage. Despite Tanya's claim that they were working through things, John retaliated by petitioning the court to have Tanya's parental rights terminated based on the fact that she was actually a sex offender. Ooh, dicey. In 1998, Tanya had pled guilty to misdemeanor in the fourth degree criminal sexual conduct after engaging in a sexual relationship with a 14-year-old neighbor boy when she was 32. Let's be clear here. This was not a sexual relationship. This isn't okay, ever. I hate when they say, like, Engaging in a sexual relationship when it's a person who cannot consent. Right. To a 14-year-old. Yeah. yeah. She was a registered sex offender, though. However, the judge denied John's petition to terminate Tanya's rights, and she still had custody of their boys. And to be clear, there was no evidence ever found that Tanya ever abused the children. So on Thanksgiving 2010, John had the boys for visitation. The last time the boys were seen by anyone who was not John is at around 5 p.m. on November 25th, and they were playing in the backyard. When the children were not returned to Tanya as scheduled, she immediately called the police. John first stated that he gave the kids to a woman named Joanne Taylor and asked her to return the boys to Tanya. He had allegedly met the woman on the internet years before, and he said that he gave the boys to her because he planned on committing suicide. There are so many red flags with this story, Mm -hmm. and I don't think the police bought it for a second. But John claims that Joanne Taylor is married to a pastor named Mark, and she drove a silver or white minivan, and she lived in either Hillside, Michigan, or Jackson County, Michigan. So he's, like, trying to provide these details on this Joanne character. But police were never able to find any evidence that Joanne Taylor ever existed. And don't you think if you sent your kids with somebody, you would know? Some details. Yeah. Like, legit details. Yeah, like the name of their significant other and the car that they drive. 
An Amber Alert was issued for the boys, so in the meantime, John tried to hang himself later that day. He was first treated at the hospital and then moved to a psychiatric facility in Ohio. Police said that they believed the boys were in very serious danger. They said that they believed John's story about Joanne was all made up, and further, they believed that John Skelton caused his son's disappearances. The police said that they were investigating the disappearances as homicides and that John was the prime suspect. John's blue Dodge Caravan was seen on the Ohio Turnpike between 4.29 a.m. and 6.46 a.m. on November 26th. And phone records confirm this, like his cell data confirmed that. And he traveled 25 miles from his home in Morency to Holiday City, Ohio. So police were questioning, why was he in Ohio that early on the morning? And I think the speculation is that he was disposing of the boys' bodies along the way. When John is released from the hospital, he is immediately arrested and extradited back to Michigan, where he's charged with three counts of felony parental kidnapping, three counts of kidnapping, and three counts of false imprisonment. He's jailed and placed under suicide watch. So then in December of 2010, at a court hearing, John changes his story. He says that he gave the boys to a child protection organization to protect them from Tanya. He claimed that he was afraid that she would sexually abuse them because she was a sex offender. He refused to name the organization initially, but he later said that the organization was the United Foster Outreach and Underground Sanctuaries. Police believe that no such organization exists. According to court documents, John did a Google search about a week before the boys went missing, in which he searched how to break a neck. Now, I'm not one to judge a search history because mine would get me in trouble. Oh, I think that all the time. Like, <laughs> oh, I can't search that. <laughs> yeah, like, this podcast has caused me to Google some strange things. <clears throat> but I also think John wasn't doing a podcast. Yeah. <laughs> so I don't know what to make of this. I, tr- I try not to judge people's search histories too harshly but then again like when there's missing why children el- why involved, else do you search how to break a neck yeah so take that make of that what you will so then in july 2011 john took a plea deal with prosecutors in which he pled no contest to the three counts of false imprisonment all the kidnapping charges were dropped if he had gone to trial and been convicted on those, he would have faced life in prison. However, he was only sentenced to 10 to 15 years with the plea deal. He has not been charged with the homicides of his children. I had mixed feelings when I heard about this plea deal. Like, I felt like he got off a little easy mm-hmm. on this. Like, all the kidnapping charges were dropped. You know, he didn't even make it to trial. It's only five years per kid. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's not. I don't know. I don't know how the family felt about it at the mm-hmm. time. But John has stated that his children are still alive, but they will never be returned as long as T- Tanya has custody. And yet another story, he claimed that the boys were with two women and a man who planned to take the boys to live on a farm in Ohio. However, he has never named these individuals, nor has anyone come forward saying that they've seen the boys or know where they are, the boys are. 
In 2020, John Skelton's first attempt at parole was denied, and he is not eligible for another parole hearing until 2022. At the time of his disappearance, Andrew was only in third grade. According to the SkeltonBrothers.org website, he did well in school and had perfect attendance since kindergarten. He liked video games and was described as sensitive, timid, and quiet. He was four foot one and weighed 57 pounds. He's a Caucasian male with brown hair and brown eyes. Alexander Skelton was in the first grade at the time of his disappearance. He is described as being all boy, a little bit of a daredevil, and he loved climbing and racing, but he was also a lover. He was friends with everybody. Alex is described as being three foot nine and 45 pounds. He is a Caucasian male with brown hair and brown eyes. He has a scar on his chin and one near his hairline. He wears glasses. Tanner Skelton was in kindergarten. He was described as being very social with a great imagination. He loved telling stories and was a cuddler. He was always trying to keep up with his siblings. Tanner is described as being three foot six and weighing 40 pounds. He has blonde hair and blue eyes. All three boys loved soccer and camping with their family. They loved animals, riding horses, being outside, riding bikes, four-wheelers, and swimming. Anyone with information on the whereabouts of Andrew, Alexander, and Tanner Skelton can contact the Michigan State Police at 517-636-0689, the Morency Police Department at 517-458-7104, or the National Center for Missing and Exploited Children at 800-843-5678. That's our episode, episode 50. Ooh. So that one was a little bit different because there is so, sort of a resolution. Like, Dad is convicted of fault, the imprisonment. Um, However, a not a full... Yeah. Yeah. We still don't know what has happened. We don't know where the boys are. I hope we get resolution sometime soon. A little bit different. Is it time for a top three? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Let's do a T.O.P. three. We didn't even talk about it. Oh. Top three. Let's do our top three episodes. Oh, okay. Okay. For our 50th episode. Ready? Top three episodes. We got to do the jingle. Oh. T.O.P. Top three episodes. Nico Lisi. Nico Lisi, number one. Did yep. you know that was mine? Uh, number two. Number two. Mine is, I forgot his name, Brandon, the one who was driving and kept calling his parents. Priceless Pizza. Priceless Pizza, yep. My number two is probably Asha Degree. Oh, yeah. The little girl. Mm-hmm. In the backpack. In the backpack. Yeah. Yep. She might be my number three. Um, number three. I also liked that one about the people that went hiking. What was that one? The people that went hiking. They went hiking and the someone said they were going to turn back and they turned back and the guy went back to camp and then the woman never came back. 
Was that our episode on the Bennington Triangle? Maybe. I also liked the one about the... And I think I titled it Gary Mathias. Um, It's sometimes referred to as the Yuba County Five. Um, Five men missing in the mountains. Did I do that one with you? You did not do that one with me. I was going to say, I don't know that one. Top five. I'll have to listen to your podcast. (laughs) Top three episodes, yes. We also have a special segment this week in honor of our 50th episode. We took some questions from listeners we have two questions. Kayla's going to ask me these questions. Okay. Question number one. Which case is one that you can't stop thinking about? I can't stop thinking about... I can't stop thinking about Nico Lisi. Yeah. Because here's why. People know more than they're saying. Oh, yeah. For sure. People know... Somebody knows a lot more than Somebody knows more than they're saying. And somebody holds the key to that case and could give the family answers. And and after talking with Nico's mom, like, I think that case just holds. Yeah. Because you actually got to hear someone's account. Yeah. Um. And so it, it's just one that's really close to my heart because I just, I don't know, like, I know that there are answers out there mm-hmm. and people, but here's the thing too, people are dumb and people talk. Yeah. And so people are going to talk to the wrong person at some point and somebody is going to say the wrong thing say the wrong thing and then hopefully somebody will do the right thing and crack it wide open crack it right wide open and monica will will get the answers that she needs question number two and this was sent in by krista listener krista thank you so much if you could solve one missing person case, which one would you solve? Well, I hate to be repetitive. I would solve Nico Lisi, but I feel like that's too repetitive. Um, I think I would solve Nico Lisi, but I think not only is it like stuck with me because you talked to, you got to actually interview a family member. But I think that one sticks with me because it's so close to home. Right. It's like physically close to us. Yeah. And so yeah. I think it it makes it very real mm-hmm. that someone's so close to here. Like it can happen anywhere. Yeah. Like people go missing. Like it's not just something that happens in cities. It's not something that just happens to other people. It can happen to anyone, anywhere, any race, any demographic, mm-hmm. any, you know, like... And yeah, I think I th- that's why that one sticks with me. I think I would solve Nico Lisi just because I talked to his mom and hearing her pain and mm-hmm. you can't get that out of your head. You know, yeah. you can't, you can't have that conversation and, and not want to help. So, yeah. so if you haven't listened to Nico Lisi yet, go back and listen to it's it. It's a two, <laughs> it's our only two part episode. Um, we interview 
um, Nico's mom, Monica, in part one, and then part two, Kayla and I break down the the whole the whole case for you. So that was episode fifty. Thanks so much for listening. Thank you for your continued support. Thanks for letting me pop in every now and then. <laughs> yeah, thanks for letting her pop in and crash this party. Mm-hmm. Crash? Yeah. I don't crash it. You do crash it. <laughs> thanks so much. Bye. Bye. Hi, everyone. I'm jumping back on today to, once again, thank you so much for supporting the podcast getting us to 50 episodes and I just want to announce the winners of our 50 episode giveaway Danielle C is our winner Julie O and Krista H are our runners up so I will be contacting each of you on Facebook and getting your prizes to you Thank you so much for participating on Facebook. Thank you so much for your engagement there. We will be working to get to episode 100 next, so stay tuned. Thanks again so much. Bye.